This is our last in a series of podcasts leading up to the 2022 PMEA Allstate Festival, where we are talking to the Allstate conductors. Today, it's the jazz conductors on PMEA's Take Note podcast, presented by the Slippery Rock University Music Department. Hi, everybody. We are uh, in our third podcast talking about the PMEA 2022 Allstate Festival, where we are talking to the Allstate Festival conductors. If you missed the first two, you can go back and find them at pmea.net slash take note uh, or in your favorite podcast app. But on today's uh, episode, we are talking jazz. We are talking to both of our jazz conductors. We're talking to Brian McCarthy, who is the conductor of the Allstate Jazz Ensemble, and Elizabeth Radagonda, who is the conductor for the Allstate Vocal Jazz Ensemble. Let's get started. Joining us uh, now is Brian McCarthy, saxophonist, composer, arranger, also educator, uh, saxophone instructor at the University of Vermont, uh, and also adjunct director of bands at St. Michael's College. But notably for us is the 2020 PMEA All-State Jazz Ensemble conductor. Brian, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, happy happy to be here. So um, let's let's talk a little bit uh, about what's going to be happening when you come uh, to Pennsylvania and are part of our Allstate Festival. Um, we're talking about the musical program for the Jazz Ensemble. Could you t- talk a little bit about the highlights of that? Yeah, I, you know, when um, when I do these guest conducting things, whether it's either, you know, here in Vermont or outside of, in New Jersey or now for my first time in uh, Pennsylvania, I like bringing a nice variety of, you know, some classic arrangers and composers and arrangers and even some, you know, some modern ones. I mean, there's only so much time you can put on a program, but bringing in, uh, for me, Thad Jones, you know, anytime I get a chance to bring Thad Jones to um, you know, younger groups of musicians and, you know, probably introduce that experience uh, to a, a good number of them. I um, always puts a little smile on my face because, you know, Thad Jones uh, is, is special to me in particular because I literally went to the school that Thad Jones started at William Patterson University. Um, and, uh, you know, so Thad is you know, one of the the most heralded uh, composers, arrangers, and even underrated uh, trumpet, uh, trumpet players out there and cornet players. Um, but, um, you know, for me, it was just kind of particularly special because, you know, the Thad Jones archive was there while, and it's still there. Um, uh, it was in the basement of the library where I was going to school and I could go and visit and like, you know, physically hold the charts with the special gloves that you put on and, you know, just kind of like hold these original charts. And it just made that like, it made it real for me. Like here's this genius composer and arranger um, and one of my favorites. Um, And I get to kind of have like this like physical connection uh, to that music. And then just, you know, being entrenched with the Vanguard Jazz Orchestra, which is, you know, really the the current uh, incarnation of the Thad Jones legacy, Thad Jones Mel Lewis Orchestra becoming the Mel Lewis Orchestra when Thad left. And then that became the uh, the Vanguard Jazz Orchestra, which, 
I guess until recently played every single Monday night, which they're trying to get back to playing every single Monday night at the Vanguard. So, you know, that it's always like a, it's always a special thing for me to bring in uh, such an incredibly beautiful chart, um, which is uh, associated with that band. It's actually a Bob Brookmeyer chart, but it's, you know, very much associated with that, that Thad Jones, Mel Lewis um, uh, orchestra end of things. And uh, to have... Uh, a chance to for a young group to play that it's, uh, it's you know yeah, it's really special very cool uh any other highlights of the program that uh you know you want us to know about you want the students to be aware of or we keep it as a secret yeah you know bringing in <laughs> um also you know like there's there's that traditional end of things with that bob brookmeyer slash thad jones mel lewis orchestra end of things um, and uh, a Rich DeRosa chart um, that we're gonna uh, that we get to play to, who is one of my uh, one of my mentors, and bringing in that modern um, approach to things as well. It's like you know older composers that you would you know historical composers that you um, sh hopefully know about or probably do know about, even though you don't know their names in particular. Um, and current living, still writing, still arranging, still being nominated for Grammy Awards for time to time, uh, composers and arrangers as well. So, and, and Rich is, you know, he's just such a, a brilliant uh, composer and arranger, great drummer, great vocalist, great teacher, um, you know, just all around wonderful. So, you know, to bring those connections to me, those two charts, I'm, I'm very uh, excited about. Even though we're playing, we are playing one of my charts as well. I weird to say I'm not. I'm more excited about those charts than I get <laughs> my own chart. Uh, all right, so uh, very cool. Uh, thinking about the students and what you want them to get out of this experience. Um, you know, maybe that's part program selection. Maybe that's just part. You know, your thoughts on bringing this group of, of students together. What What are your thoughts on what you want them to get out of this? Music. I know it kind of seems like. I mean, duh. Of course, you want music, but that's you know a really actual like rewarding musical experience at, at the highest level that we can uh that we can do but part of that high level comes in enjoying music you know like having an, an enjoyable high level experience um where you know it doesn't have to be like you know I, i'm not the type of band director that's going to be in there and like play everything perfectly otherwise i will throw a you know i'm not going to go all whiplash on them um, that's not in my, my vocabulary of like how to get a good musical performance. It's just kind of seeing how the band can mesh together in a in the way that it wants to, you know, not really force anything, just kind of bring it together the way it wants to. And then from that, as long as everyone's taking care of their own individual business of, you know, we, Hey, I practice my charts. I'm ready for this. They've done their work to then, all right, let's assemble this all together and let the group become, you know, a realization moment of letting the group become more than the sum of its parts. Um, and uh, you know, we, we always kind of achieve that wherever I go. And that's just something that I look forward to. You know, so like realizing that music isn't just about play your parts right and it will be musical and great. It's, there's actually a lot more to that because music... I guess I, I, I could sum it up in, in terms of like music is a language. And I, I always want the groups that I work with, whether they're student groups or they're, you know, the highest level professional groups, uh, I want to have that musical conversation. And I want everyone to have that musical conversation with each other. And that'll be, you know, the main goal. 
uh, through our, I guess, what is it, a couple days of rehearsing, and then we uh, then we do the performance. Like to me, the performance is like the the last thing on my mind, which is right. you're like, right. wait a second, we <laughs> can we make that the no? It really like you know whether it's during the semester and I'm teaching, uh, you know, teaching the college level groups, the the performance is like. 10% of our time, maybe 5% of our time that we spend together. The rest of it is in that rehearsal time, learning how to make music, not how to read notes, but how to make music. And that's the the real experience for me. Yeah, agreed. I agreed. The, the, the process is so important in going through that. That's where you're going to get uh, the, the most out of it. Um, so we've gone through a kind of a strange past two years. I guess that's probably an understatement. Um, and, you know, we're coming back to the stage with honors ensembles. We're coming back to the stage in various ways around the world. Um, I'm curious for what your thoughts are in, in coming to Pennsylvania and, and as, as we come back to the stage for the first time in two years to be able to, to conduct a, an honors band situation like this. Yeah. I, you know, everyone's, it's the, the, you know, the, the ebb and flow that we're learning of, uh, of a global pandemic like this. Um, you know, when things initially first shut down it was, uh, you know, I was set to, uh, to guest conduct that particular year in 2020. Um, and it was, you know, only a couple months, I guess. It was mm -hmm. March, things shut down, and it was, like, supposed to be the next month, I think. Yeah, it was about a month and a half or so, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that was, like, the initial, like, real disappointment where nothing took place. It was just, like, you know, I'm sure all the students had, you know, already put a lot of hard work into everything, um, you know, starting to look forward to this experience and then just have that taken away i mean like it, it happened at all levels like all of my gigs disappeared um fortunately i still had a lot of you know teaching that i could do virtually um even though i was doing it while going through a COVID infection which was also challenging in its yeah. own right um but yeah like having just everything kind of disappear it was a big shock through, you know for everyone from the professionals all the way down through the students um and you know and then as things have progressed and we get these wonderful vaccines and the booster shots that are going, giving us more of a chance to kind of return to it all and then to have another variant come by and start to muddle the, the waters a little bit more and how are things going to go again? So the, that ebb and flow of getting back into it, how do we do it safely? How, you know, like, and everyone's really, really looking forward to getting back to as close to the normalcy as we can, you know, that safe sort of version of it. So it's kind of like emerging from that shock of everything, just, you know, having the rug pulled out from under you to like, how do we put everything back together again and um, come together and make these experiences worthwhile. And like I said, safety, safety first, safety first. Um, you know, that that's, um, yeah, it, itching to just kind of get back to just what we do. I mean, it, it's the type of thing of like you might not necessarily realize how much you miss something until it's gone. You know, just a daily rehearsal. Hey, everybody, let's come in and sight read some charts. And you might not sight read them all very well because sight reading is always that, uh, you know, the skill everyone's like, oh, no, please don't make me. Just give me five <laughs> minutes. I want to look at this really hard part. Like all of a sudden you're really happy to like, yeah, give me some sight reading. So, oh my God, that looks really hard. And let me just completely fall on my face. And wasn't that really fun because yeah. I didn't have a chance to do this around other people. <laughs> uh, so I, I think, you know, the experience of just coming together 
and is just it's just there's there's something extra something extra special about it now because of how that we all have experienced now hey this can go away you know just like that um so you know anything honestly any kind of experience that we can get live and in person like that um whether you know we need to socially distance a little bit more while we're doing or not is i don't know that's what more can we ask for at this point Right. Yeah. Just it's, it's, we're finding ways to make it work. I, I, that's, so I love that, that way of thinking. All right. So we have students uh, likely watching who are going to be in your ensemble. Uh, yeah. Go practice. Go yeah. practice. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, what is the one thing you would want them to know about you before they arrived for that first rehearsal, before that first downbeat happens? Um, as long as you take care of your business ahead of time, you know, learning your parts and all that, we're going to have a great time together. Um, that's, that's all I really need. You know, if you're, if you're prepared for everything, you know, like you feel like all my parts, I can play them that, you know, if there's that one little like section of eight bars or something like that, where you're like, Oh, you know, I'm like 80% on that. No, get that to like 90%. I'll take 90%. That'll be good. Um, and if you, you've got, you know, that taken care of, like take care of the, you know, the, the mundane stuff, learning your parts. That way we can put all of our energy into making music. That's what, um, that's what I would say. As long as you, you know, as long as we can put all of our energy into, into just making music and not just rehearsing, you know, we're, I'm going to be a happy camper and everyone else uh, will hopefully be that will come along with me for that ride of that happy camper ride. Well, I think we are all excited to be there in the Poconos to uh, see all these ensembles. Yeah. We want to see the concert, but we want to experience the rehearsals as well. Um, and the amazing things that are happening in there, Brian, we can't wait for you to join us uh, in April. Um, thank you for being our Allstate Jazz Conductor, and thanks for joining us to chat a little bit today. Now, happy to do so. We'll see you soon. With us now is Elizabeth Radagonda. She is uh, an assistant professor in the School of Music at the University of the Arts, but more importantly for us, she will be the conductor of the Allstate Vocal Jazz Ensemble. Liz, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. We are excited that you'll be uh, uh, taking part with us in the Allstate Festival uh, here in April. So we want to talk a little bit about, you know, what folks can expect from vocal jazz. So let's start with um, probably the most uh, known thing, the musical program. Uh, if you could talk to us about what are some of the highlights about the musical program for the vocal jazz ensemble. Um, I think there are two pieces. I mean, I love all the pieces, but I'm really looking forward to two in particular. Um, one is the um, Sign Seal Delivered, the Stevie Wonder one. And that one to me, I think is just a really fun arrangement of a tune that everybody knows. Um, and I did that piece with my students at UArts and I always have like a really good rhythm section. So I found with this piece, it challenged them as well. So I think that's a fun piece to really make sure the rhythm section has a firm grip and uh, feel like they're really a part of the ensemble and not just backing up everyone. And it's just moves through different feels and grooves. And I find that it's really exciting. And sentimentally, it was the last piece I directed in December, 2019, before I went on maternity leave and then the pandemic hit. So I'm kind of excited to hear it come to life again. So I'm really looking forward to that one. 
And then Detour Ahead, that's just a classic canon of Paris Rutherford, and it's such a beautiful ballad. Uh, and I find that when you look at it, sometimes it looks deceptively hard. There's changing meter, there's bell tones, there's solos, there's a key change in the bridge. But if you kind of step back from looking at it and just think of it musically, how you feel it, it has this kind of organic nature that works with it. And I find that sometimes when we say, okay, you know your notes, don't even worry about the markings, just feel it together as a group, as a unit. And that's the most success I've had with it. And I, I know just from the level of students that Allstate gets, we're gonna really be able to do something magical with it. So uh, those are probably the two pieces I'm, I'm really excited to hear come to life. All right. Well, you got, I think you got us excited now for that because uh, <laughs> I, I, I love how you you've uh, explained them. So kind of building off of that, then uh, what are you hoping the students will get out of this experience being in the vocal jazz ensemble? I, I really hope they are able to take some things from the choral realm and apply them to their own solo singing. Uh, I think sometimes in choral music, we're told, you know, you're just part of the group. You're part of the blend. Make sure your vowels match. And sometimes the individuality can be taken away. And I find that actually in this setting, the jazz vocal setting, there's a lot of room to think like a soloist. And again, if you have 24 people or however many kind of on the same level, they'll all think similarly. If they know a little bit about jazz, listen to it, study the idiom, they'll, they'll find that they can put more of themselves in and it still works. Um, we still then get the diphthong turning at the same time. We still get the cutoffs. We still get the, the ornamentations in the melody that kind of sounds specifically jazz. So I really hope that the little things that I show them in the working of the music, that then they're able to take that into their own singing. Because um, I find, especially like at, at UArts, um, we're a contemporary jazz program, but we use jazz as our basis for a lot of things. Like I always say, technique never changes, but style does. And even you can take anything from choral music and bring it into your solo singing. So I just hope that they find whatever they can take out of the solo singing or out of the choral singing and add it to their solo singing and regardless of genre you right. know they, they take it into their own um and that's what i really hope we work on i i, I like kind of that approach you know that i guess it's probably just comes out of this nature of jazz anyway but you know just talking about yeah we're gonna we're gonna work through this but we're gonna maybe do a little bit of exploring which but maybe that's kind of part of what jazz is anyway Exactly. I love, I always joke that, you know, um, arrangements, they're, they're kind of like roadmaps a little bit, but they don't mean that's not the only path you have to take. You know, they're suggestions and you can kind of play around with different things. And, and when you have a group and when you have jazz, you really can play around with what you hear and how you want to approach it or sing it. So I'm excited to see what they do and to hear how they work. Yeah, for sure. Always one of the highlights of the jazz groups is that kind of what's the interpretation going to be? Because, um, you know, you, you, I, you can say in, in any area of music, you know, no two performances are alike. Mm -hmm. But I think that's really clear uh, in, in a jazz world. So I think the students will really uh, get a great experience out of it. Um, you talked a little bit about this, uh, you know, you kind of alluded to the last time you did uh, the Stevie Wonder piece was, you know, back in 2019. Uh, and then we've been in this pandemic. Um, I, I'm curious what your take is uh, coming in as a conductor who is going to be uh, part of the first back to in-person honors ensemble, all state honors ensemble. What is that feeling for you? 
it's it's fine. I feel like my heart's going to be out of my chest right now. It's so exciting. Um, just I, I realized that I'll never take performing for granted again, and I don't think any of us will. You know, I I think the mindset has shifted around performers and artists. So I just can't wait to walk back in and and the level of skill that the students have. Um, is just to know that when we just hit that first downbeat, the sound we're going to make is already going to be so wonderful. That to me is just so utterly exciting. And I just, I almost am speechless. And it's funny because I can always find words I find. <laughs> but it's just so exciting to think of us all back celebrating doing something that we love. And, you know, again, the pandemic tested us in ways that I think we never thought we'd be tested. And I just, the word I always come back to is gratitude. I'm grateful for the opportunity and I'm grateful to get to make music with a bunch of people that just want to make music as well. Well, well let me see if I can make you speechless again then. You know, <laughs> on, on that on that way of thinking of, uh, you know, we're going to come together and perform. Um, and you you said, you know, I'll never take that for granted again. And and that's that's a really special experience. Does that also change your thinking as far as how you're rehearsing the group and what you're teaching a group like that and potentially even what you're doing it, you know, at the collegiate level. Yeah, it, it has, it has for sure. You know, I think trying to find the ways to make things fun when they're difficult, you know, to kind of point out when you're in something difficult or learning a difficult passage or learning a new technique that there's so much to that. Like the process is as much important as the performance. And I think, again, that's something from the pandemic we learned, you know, when performances stopped, but to still have a goal, to still be trucking away at something for your art is pretty phenomenal. And I think that's something that helps keep the gratitude going. And I think that will help us not lose sight of that as we move back into a normal post COVID world. Right. You know? Yeah. So we probably have some Allstate students watching, um, you know, and some vocal jazz students watching. What is the one thing you want them to know about you before they get there and that first downbeat happens? Uh, I think all of my students at UArts would say that I have a terrible sense of humor, but I think I'm pretty funny. Um, so just the jokes are going to be flying and it's okay to roll your eyes at me and go, Liz, well, that was terrible. So that's the first thing. I really just believe in, in just having fun with music. You have to have fun with it. Um, and I would say just get ready. I love kind of alluded to it. You know, um, these pieces are roadmaps, they're, they're suggestions. Um, I tried to get really specific in your notes, but I think some things could shift when we get there. I might say to the drummer or to the rhythm section, add a hit on the end of three. Let's actually cut the rhythm section out here or let's do a drum set feature here for the vocalists. Maybe we try this part acapella, maybe we change the, the phrasing. Maybe we make this part a solo. Maybe we go to background ooze under it. Like I, I would just say, get ready to pivot a little bit. Uh, I won't do that the day of the show, obviously. That might be more of the first little bits of rehearsal, but I really like to kind of play with things and just see what the strength of the group is. Um, I really think the important thing about music and choral activity in general is to cater to who's with you. So especially those first few hours of rehearsals, I, I'm just going to be playing around with things. And so just come with me. Let's try it. And if things work out, great. If they don't, great. I think sometimes we get scared to make mistakes, but or especially to sing a wrong note. But, you know, you'll never know that you found the right ones if you don't find the wrong ones along the way or make the wrong choices. You'll get to the right one eventually. And it's never wrong to try things. So 
I would say we're going to do a lot of that. We're just going to play around and try. And um, don't be surprised if sometimes in the middle of rehearsal, I just say, let's try something different. Like, give me a 12 bar blues. Let's trade solos. Um, I conducted District 7 in 2018. And it, you all know if anyone's participated in districts or all city or all state before, excuse me, you know, it's long rehearsals. And especially sometimes you, you don't want to make the music go stale. Like, you don't want to just sometimes go and go and go. So we might stop and try out. Let's try out um, scatting. Let's do some choruses a cappella where we trade roots and blue scale and do some chord tones. Like, you know, we might just do something different in the middle. So I, I just want to make it a complete experience for you all. And we'll talk about a lot more than just the pieces. Well, I'm coming to rehearsal now. I mean, I <laughs> Please wanna... do. Yeah, it's a, it sounds great. Uh, and we cannot wait to see you in the Poconos and to see what the Vocal Jazz Ensemble puts out. Um, so we thank you, Liz, for, uh, for being our vocal jazz conductor. And thanks for talking to us today. Much appreciated. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thanks to the conductors for joining us and giving us a little bit of insight about what we can look forward to this April. You can find more information on the PMEA conference and the Allstate Festival at PMEA.net. And if you've uh, missed any previous Take Note podcast, you can find that at pmea.net slash take note or in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you at the conference in the Poconos in April uh, and also on the next Take Note podcast. <laughs>